It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. So in about an hour, the Oil Kings will face off at Seattle. Game three of the Western Hockey League Championship Series. It's tied one-one. They play in Seattle again tomorrow, and then Game five at Rogers Place Saturday at seven. If they need Game six and seven, they are also in Edmonton because of the limited arena availability. In Seattle, you can go to oilkings.ca to look at the full schedule and to get your uh, tickets. Uh, obviously, the Oil Kings having an awesome season. The Lightning lead the Rangers 1-0 after the first period. Patrick Maroon, Patrick Maroon, third of the playoffs, 238 into the first period. The only goal so far tonight, game five of that series, will be on Thursday. It uh, could be an elimination game if the Lightning win tonight. We'll see. I can also tell you the uh, Stanley Cup final will be broadcast here on 6.30 Chet. So we'll still have some live hockey for you before the end of the season. And uh, as we always do, we have all the Elks games. And their season opener is Saturday, 6.30 countdown to kickoff, 8 o'clock kickoff, Elks at Lions, and the season debut of the Elks this week with Morley Scott coming up after the 7.30 news tonight. So I'll be checking out a little early for Inside Sports. Uh, Putting the cap on the Oilers season here today, we heard from the players. You'll hear from Woodcroft and Holland tomorrow. Leon Dreisettle commented on the grit the team showed in the playoffs. We showed that this season that there's a lot of of heart in our group, a lot of no-quit mentality. Um, I think... Even even in that regard, there's there's still another step that we can take, and and a lot of things that we can learn still and and be better at um, when we do get to that point. But you know, I'm really proud of of our team, the way we've we've handled everything this season. At times, it wasn't easy, it wasn't wasn't perfect, but I thought we battled all season, we stuck together all season, um, and at the end of the day, that's that's most important. You know, we we knew that we had it in the group, and yeah, just. Proud of the guys. Uh, it was a good, good step. But like I said before, obviously we're, we're looking to take that next step. Well, the Oilers in the playoffs for three consecutive years. They uh, had the disappointing loss in the qualifying round in the bubble in the summer of 2020. Last year, the All-Canadian Division, they were swept three overtime losses to the Winnipeg Jets. So they did go further. They made it to the West Final. Uh, and they did so- show signs of improvement, but Dreisaitl did have this cautionary message. I think that we did take a step this season, but we also took a step in 2017, and we missed the playoffs the next season, right? And and that shows you how how hard it is in this league to do it consistently year after year. It's a hard league, and the playoffs are, are even harder and tougher, so... We have to make sure that we come in next season and and learn from what we've accomplished this season, but come back next season and, and be hungrier for more, right? We want to take that next step. We want to get to the finals. Eventually, we want to, we want to win a Stanley Cup. So I think we did take a step, but there's, there's definitely more. 
Well, and, and he made a good point. I don't think Drysdale's being negative. I think he's just saying we have to learn from the past. They made the playoffs in 2017. They made it to the second round against Anaheim. They were an exciting team. Drysdale and McDavid were explosive offensive players. They couldn't keep that going. Now, a couple of players who were stars in 16-17 weren't able to repeat those seasons. Patrick Maroon, one of them, who I mentioned has scored for Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, Cam, Talib, Cam Talbot had one of the best seasons ever by an Oilers goaltender in 16-17. And uh, Talbot's had a really solid career, but he wasn't as good for the Oilers in the next season. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't have the depth. And, and hopefully and Craig McTavish said it, they still have to round out their depth. But hopefully some of the depth players are going to be found internally for the Oilers. Uh, defensively, I would expect Philip Broberg to be on the team next year. I, I would think Dylan Holloway has a pretty good chance to be on the team, if not right at the start of next season, probably partway through next season. So hopefully some internal solutions. Uh, you can't just build through free agency and trade. And there will be some of those. And like we talked about in the first half hour of the show, whatever Vander Kane decides to do and how much money he wants to do it and where he wants to do it, that's going to go a long way in deciding the fate of the orders as well. Okay, 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed Pro all the way. Sir Robert is on the line. Sir Robert, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Reed, How you doing? Good. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, still a, uh, still, I guess rather, uh, like most people, I guess a little bit, uh, uh, disappointed in the, in the loss to Colorado. I guess I'm, I'm a little bit shocked that they were swept, but I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, they made it a, I mean, they made it a lot further than I think, uh, than I think a lot of people said. I mean, when, uh, uh, Woodcroft took over, they were, they were six points out of the playoffs and there was a lot of talk while, well, you know, like, you know, well, like, you know, like they need to, you know, they need to get past the first round, but then there was that, well, you know, get past the first round. Well, I mean, like they're kind of, they're kind of teetering. They might not even make the playoffs. So, I mean, overall, I like, uh, I like the season they had now as for, as, as for some of the moves personally for me, I would like to see Evander Kane come back, whether or not he does, I don't know. Um, Mike Smith. If he stays, is maybe he's maybe if he stays, maybe maybe he's a backup to Skinner. But is but is can Skinner be that guy where he can start fifty plus games? I don't know. I haven't seen haven't seen enough of him, in my opinion, to personally make that call. So I think I I think if if Smith if Smith decides to retire, I I think the Oilers are going to have to go out and and find another goalie, whether that be via free agency or trade. So, I mean, and uh, I'll guess I'll leave, I'll leave it with this. As far as the uh, restricted free agents, we know it's Yamal, McLeod, and Poliarvi. If it's me, my priorities are, are McLeod and Yamamoto, Poliarvi. I personally, I don't, see, I don't see a spot in this lineup for him next year. So I guess we'll just have to see... Uh, uh, I guess we'll just have to see uh, uh, where things go. Yeah, I appreciate that, Sir Robert. I think you made some good points. I I, I wonder if Yessi Pugliarvi is going to be on this team next season. It, this is so much talk about him. I thought in the All-Canadian division last year, it looked like he, he took a step forward and was starting to figure some things out. Uh, I think he had some 
some good games this year. I think after he came back from the injury that cost him around a dozen games, he he didn't play as well. Uh, yes, sometimes he scores a goal or makes a good play. He's not overly physical. He's sometimes makes downright clumsy or confusing plays. I mean, there's a play last night. He got the puck in the neutral zone and passed it all the way back to Mike Smith. We know Mike Smith is a good puck handler, but I, I don't know if in that situation the best play was to to pass it all the way back to your goaltender. So I, I don't think he's going to be prioritized when it comes to trying to sign players or uh, re-sign players. McLeod, to me, looked more dangerous. I thought overall he had a pretty good playoff. Yamamoto, I know there's always going to be questions about his size. Unfortunately, he got hit, got knocked out of the series. But we know that some of the high-end players on this team like playing with him because he's tenacious and because he keeps pucks alive. And he's shown that when he gets on a bit of a hot streak, he can't finish. Another big question. Well, maybe it's not a big question for the Oilers, but it, it, it has not been totally answered yet. Who is going to be the coach of the team next year? Technically, Jay Woodcroft was up from the farm as, a, as an interim head coach. I would expect that uh, he is going to be made the permanent head coach. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow when he and Holland speak. I don't know. Maybe it'll happen uh, a little bit down the line. But he came up when the team wasn't in a great spot. They were kind of having some recurring problems that weren't getting fixed. And uh, and he turned them around. Again, after Woodcroft took over, the Oilers had the third best points percentage in the National Hockey League behind Florida and Calgary. Then the Oilers went deeper into the playoffs than either of those two teams. And McLeod commented on having Woodcroft as his head coach. You know, he knows my game play better than anyone. I've been with him for, you know, three years now. So it's, uh, it's been good having him here. You know, obviously he's helped my game a lot. So it's been a lot of fun to, you know, you know, play for him. And uh, it's been good. I think, you know, I've been taking, uh, you know, big steps under him. So it's, uh, it's good. All right. And Mike Smith, the goaltender, also commented on Jay Woodcroft's impact. Uh, I mean, I've said it all along. I think Woody's... He painted a picture for a group that allowed us to really excel and play up to our potential. And I, th- I thought he did, did an unbelievable job to, uh, like I said, to, to give us a plan that it was on the players to go execute it. And I think that's all you can ask from a coach. And he, uh, you know, he took us from being out of the playoffs to a, a playoff team to being one of the last four teams playing in the NHL this year was, I mean, he deserves a ton of credit for sure. All right. And uh, again, Jay Woodcroft and Ken Holland will answer questions from the media tomorrow. It is quarter after seven now, about a minute and a half into the second period. Tampa Bay still leading the Rangers one, nothing it's inside sports on Chet. All right, so Darnell Nurse revealing last night, playing with a torn hip flexor. Leon Dreisaitl has uh, refused to specify his injury, though it's widely believed to be a uh, high ankle sprain. Jay Woodcroft was on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer earlier today, and he said, well, probably some other defensemen on the team who uh, weren't entirely healthy as they were playing. Captain Connor McDavid commented today on watching teammates play through injuries. It was uh, it was cool to uh, to see um, and cool to to watch them go through that. Um, you know, it's obviously not easy. Um, you know, but it was 
as as their teammate, it was inspiring to uh, to see them go out there and, and perform. Um, you know, being less, you know, well less than 100 percent and um, perform it the way they did. The way they did, it was uh, really cool to see. Um, you know, and obviously in in the playoffs, it takes those types of efforts and um, obviously those two guys in particular and you know a lot of guys on our on our lineup uh, you know, to see how they 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 battled through those things it was uh, it was uh, it was cool to watch a little bit there from Connor McDavid uh, get more on the Oilers well it's we call it garbage bag day though I, I don't know if players actually use garbage does that Morley Scott's on the line he's got the Elks this week coming up. I, I think that's started in football and now it's yep. used for all sports, though I'm pretty yeah, sure players have something just... nicer than a garbage bag to throw their stuff in. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, I would hope so. But I believe it did start in, in football in the CFL and that's, you know, a lot of guys actually used garbage bags in, in the CFL and uh, that's how they left the locker room. Some of them for the off season, some of them forever, but they left with the garbage bag over their shoulder filled with their belongings. Yes. And maybe you some stay of it classy, was actually San Diego. garbage. <laughs> yeah, stay Yes, and when we we weren't in the Oilers dressing room today, though I, I don't. Well, you never know what they're packing stuff in. I'm sure that maybe we call it duffel bag day or, or backpack day, uh, Gucci bag no, day. Yeah, they they don't still use garbage bags in the CFL, do they? Or do they still just throw it all in a big garbage bag? Uh we we haven't had. They don't handle it that way with us. Same thing anymore. Uh, we don't actually go in the dressing room anymore uh, on on that last day. We have in the last couple of years anyway, and it's been mostly just getting players in another room. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they still do though, because there's sometimes guys collect a lot of stuff in their locker right. during the season, <laughs> and um, they put it in a garbage bag to take it home and go through it, right? Just some easier will, to sweep it all in, yeah. Yeah, some of it will stay in the garbage bag, I'm sure. So the the last time the Oilers went this deep, they, they went one round further, the 2006 Cup final, they lost in Game 7. You were covering the Oilers then. I, I, I get the sense, and you know, Rob and I took calls after the game. Like I get the sense, of course, it's disappointing you didn't win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I got the sense there's you know a little more hope and, and optimism than, than some of the uh, years past. Clearly, they had the 10 straight years out of the playoffs. You know, there's certainly work to be done with the roster, but there's a lot of good pieces in place. What do you remember about the end to 06? And I guess it's hard to talk about without the context of the the pronger bombshell a few days after the season ended. Yeah, that came that came a little bit later. No one knew what was about to happen. I'll tell you what, the one thing I remember, uh, you know, it's game seven, right? You're in game seven of the Stanley Cup final. One team's going to win the Stanley Cup and one team's going to suffer their, the most heartbreaking loss of their lives, right? Uh, one thing I remember is the orders, uh, they brought down uh, uh, all, the, all the family members, the wives, uh, on a separate plane for game seven. And they had uh, at the uh, at the Embassy Suites Hotel in uh, in Raleigh. They had a big uh, banquet room booked, and uh, Rod and I went into the banquet room after uh, after we'd finished on the air, and everybody was kind of in there, and they were you know having food and stuff. And the thing that I remember most, uh, one of the things I remember most about about post game seven, is the table in the center of uh of the room it had you know it had all the appetizers set out on it right all the way it was a big table and in the middle there was a pedestal and it was empty and oh. that was set out and that's where the stanley cup was going to go while they all had their dinner that night and it just sat there empty for for uh the, the entire evening so that's one thing i really remember well the other thing i remember too is that uh uh 
late in the game, down a goal, that passed to the front of the net to Fernando Pisani that was in his skates. Uh, if it's on a stick, it's a tie game and in the net. And there's a great picture that hangs in the press box in uh, Carolina, and it is from inside the net. And you can see uh, Fernando, he's kind of he's stopping. He's trying to get the puck out of his skates. You can see the scoreboard in the in the background. With the, I think it was 2-1, and there was I don't, uh, just a couple minutes left in the game. The time was uh, in the picture, too. And that's one moment that's kind of frozen in my memory forever, that, that moment that if that puck is on his tape instead of on his skates, uh, it's in the net and it's a tie game and who knows what happens after that. All right, the Elks this week, usually going to be on Mondays from 7.30 to 8, but we had the hockey game last night, so now it's on a Tuesday. Usually people can catch it on a Monday. Who do you have coming up tonight? Uh, we're going to talk with Nick Arbuckle. Uh, he's a quarterback with the Edmonton Elks Football Club. Uh, we're also going to check in with Blake Dermott and get his thoughts on what he saw through uh, preseason and especially Friday night's uh, disappointing outing against the Calgary Stampeders in the final preseason game. So we will uh, we will talk to Arbuckle. We'll ask him the same question we asked Chris Jones today at practice, who's starting on Saturday, and uh, I imagine we'll get the same answer. Don't know. Like so, Chris Jones wasn't happy after Friday's game, was he? He was definitely not happy. Uh, a lot of things made him upset. The way they played, uh, the fact that they had a big crowd there and they didn't give a, give a show to anybody who was there. So, yeah, he was unhappy. As he said on our post-game show, uh, we were bad from start to finish. So it's preseason, though, right? When, when you win a preseason game, you say you don't treat it like a preseason game. When you lose it, you say, that's ah, only preseason. Right. <laughs> All right. Morley, looking forward to it, buddy. Have a good show. Thanks, Rito. Talk to you later. Morley Scott and the Elks this week coming up between 7.30 and 8. Okay, so uh, Woodcroft and Holland will speak tomorrow morning. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. We'll have uh, a recap from noon to 2, as will I from 6 to 8 on Inside Sports tomorrow night. Kelly Rudy is also going to check in. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.